In today's show, we're looking at the wave wire, and I'm going to tell you all about your mate, the delicate dancer, Alpren Shangoon, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. We're here for the waiver wire. But remember, a massive caveat again. Trade deadline's coming up on Thursday. Save your ads. In a lot of cases, you might have four ads, you might have seven ads, you might have three ads. I got no idea, but you need to have a couple available for trades that go down this week. There are going to be trades that happen. There are going to be a lot of them that are irrelevant for a lot of leagues. There are going to be some that are relevant. There are going to be some we don't see the relevancy straight away. So just, there are some moves to make and you've seen the big fella on the thumbnail. I reckon that's one of them that you make now. Um, but other ones, we're just going to see, we're going to hold off, we're going to wait, you know, we're not going to go hard on streaming to begin the week, holding it until Thursday is probably, I reckon, the best, um, the best course of action. So let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> let's look at the most added players over the last, I didn't do 24 hours this time, I did 48 hours because, you know, we haven't had a, a show talking about waiver wire guys really in that time frame. Number one is the Red Rooster, Terry Taylor. Hmm. Terry Taylor's been playing really well. There is no doubt about that. But with DeMontis Sabonis potentially returning on Sunday, with Goga Badadze potentially returning on Sunday, I'm not really sure what the Red Roosters are going to be able to do. The last two games have been brilliant, of course. That's because everyone's been out. Actually, not 100% true. O'Shea Brissett did return on that game on Friday, played 10 minutes while Taylor played 38, which is interesting. I have no problem with streaming in Terry Taylor. But again, we're trying to save ads for streaming. And if Sabonis plays, Taylor's going to have no impact. And if Goga plays, he's going to have minimal impact. And if both of them play, he literally might not be in the rotation at all. So while he's been added in tons of leagues, the Red Rooster, it's been a great little story. I don't really see it having any long-term value. The Jackson Hayes one is a little bit different. His numbers are great two of the last three games, starting in place of Josh Hart. But if Josh Hart plays, where does, where does Hayes sit? 20 minutes coming off the bench. Now, it does help him that Billy Hernan Gomez and Garrett Temple are out because he can get all of those backup center minutes. So there's 16 or so there behind Valanciunas. And then he can even get some backup four minutes as Jones and Ingram push down into Temple's reserve role on the wing. But in yeah, longer term, it's going to require a trade of a starter. Maybe that's Josh Hart. Maybe it's Valanciunas. And then it requires a player not coming back to take that role. So not CJ McCollum, who I believe is coming to New Orleans, maybe. So while it's been good, he's played well, and I've got no problem with taking it. He is an interesting stash guy for sure. There's no guarantee of this working out. Let's do it. Let's hit the, uh, let's hit the big fella's music. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Now, you know that I believe the delicate dancer El Prenshengun should have been a top 10 draft pick in the draft you know that I actually had him in the top five of that draft, and I was horrified to see him slip to number 16. 
Um, and in the preseason, you know, take him in the last round, see what happens. But with the other centers there, it's probably not going to happen for him straight away. And then we saw the frustration with the rotations and he wasn't getting minutes. And you know, six, seven weeks ago, I said, look, I don't think you can hold on to him here. We need a wood trade or a wood injury and you're getting no value for Shengun at the moment. So drop him, right? Now, I don't even care at this point if a wood trade happens because the last two games, Shengun has played 25 and 29 minutes with Christian Wood there. Yes, some of that is inflated by blowouts, but when the narrative, the, the narrative seven, eight weeks ago from Steven Solis was, we cannot play these guys together. You go, all right, shit, that's no good. And now it's Christian Wood saying, no, actually, I need to play with him. And Silas doing that thing. So you have to, I, I think you have to add him. The talent is there. There will be rockiness. And coming off the bench always leads to some upside cap issues. But if Wood is campaigning, a notorious whiner, to have someone play next to him, like Shengun, if the minutes are actually there, the last two games, and the coach is saying the same thing, um, then you, I think you got to do it. I, I don't think I don't think you can leave him on the wire. I don't think there's any excuse not to. Wood might not get traded, right? And that's a huge possibility. That, that's a, that's the most likely scenario. But I'm not even sure it matters with how he's playing at the moment and with how the minutes are gone. Now he might come out the next game and play 18 minutes. Like they're playing today on Sunday, and he might play 18 minutes, and I might look like an absolute knob. Right? That, that's a huge possibility. But I don't actually care. Because, again, we're four or five days away. We stash. Let's see what happens. He's a real high-priority add to me. Just to see where it goes with Shengun. Another highly added player is Gary Harris. Like, I don't really get that one. Like, I don't think Gary Harris has got tremendous upside. Nice, Gary! Like, he's fine as a streamer, but I wouldn't be burning anything on him. Javante Green's an interesting one. One of the many, many J Greens in the NBA. Green's minutes are up. And while Jones, Ball, Caruso are all out, and now Levine's dealing with issues, he's probably going to play 30-plus minutes. There is a t- chance, apparently, that Patrick Williams might come back for the last 10 or so games of the regular season, which will impact him. Um, but Javante's getting big defensive stats. He's getting big rebounds. He's chucking in some scoring games. Yeah, this is not even a case of a stash or a short-term stream, I don't think, for Javante. This might be a month, six-week-long, 12-team lead option with the way that he has improved his game and the way that the minutes have gone his way. So I don't mind him as an ad. Larry Nance, that is your trade move. The trade has happened. Now, I don't know what the hell happens to Larry Nance at his knee. He hasn't played yet. But looking at that lineup, like he has got that starting power forward position. Now, in two days' time, he could be traded really easily, and that might look stupid. But he's a great ad. Serge Barker's been added in a lot of spots. I couldn't be interested less. I know he's starting with Zubats out, which is just foolishness from Ty Lue, and they're playing him you know, a ton of minutes, which is weird. But long-term, there's I don't see any value for him really at all. So I wouldn't be bothered to add him. Reggie Bullock's an interesting one, because again, it's not a short-term stream. With Timmy Hardaway out, he stepped up. He's playing 30-plus minutes a night. He started last game with Kleber out. He was a guy that was a fringe 12-team player for the Knicks last season with his steals and threes. He's getting a little bit more usage this season now in this last week. I don't mind him as a longer-term ad. Probably more 14, but but interesting for 12. Torian Prince, he's played great. I think it's very flash in the pan, and I don't I wouldn't waste an ad on that. And Brandon Goodwin's a great stream while Darius Garland's out, but again, it's extraordinarily short-term. So when we're looking at this list, you go, Shengun, yes. Green, a bit long-term value? Yes. Nance, some long-term value? Yes. Block, some long-term value? Yes. 
Hayes may be long-term value, yes. But guys like Taylor and Hayes and Abarca and Prince and Goodwin, they're all very, very short-term plays. And I don't think you should be wasting your waiver ads on short-term plays this week. But if I want the stamina to go forever and have myself be a long-term play in one of the shittest segues of all time, it's time for me to get some Built Bars because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Why would you eat a protein bar that tastes like you scraped it out of your underwear? Now, I don't know what the inside of your underwear tastes like, and I don't know what the inside of my underwear tastes like, but I'll tell you what, it's probably similar to those protein bars that you get off the supermarket shelf. They taste like crap. Built Bar tastes like a candy bar. It is high in protein, low in carbs, low in sugar, low in fat, low in calories, but it's high in deliciousness. The DI is off the charts. Deliciousness index. Cookies and cream, that's where you start. That's your number one waiver ad. Then you go to coconut, you go to raspberry, you go to mint brownie, salted caramel, and all the special edition flavors. Well, they're on another level. They're, they're through the roof. So head to built.com, use the code LOCK15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. That'll save you 15%. That's that's big boy savings right there. 15% off Built Bar, which is, of course, built. <sighs> Different. Um, trade deadline, February the 10th at 3 p.m. So us at Locked On NBA, we've got a live show. It is being hosted by Kim Becker. It is being analyzed by Johnny Corrales and by the bloke in the hamburger shirt right here, Josh Lloyd. Me and Johnny are going to be chopping it up, breaking it down, talking about all the trades that go down. We start at 2 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, February the 10th. We go through to 4 p.m. Eastern. Two hours of talking about all the trades that happen, the implications, real life and fantasy. I'm going to be chucking in my opinions there. So head to the Locked On NBA YouTube channel and check it out. It's going to be a great show. Really, really looking forward to that. Let's look at the most dropped players. The, I should just call this the Jack Armstrong section. Get that garbage out of here! Um, these are guys who have been dropped in a lot of leagues. And we'll talk about whether it makes sense or not. Damian Jones. Sure. I can see Jones, actually. We'll talk, actually, let's say Jones is the most dropped player on Yahoo at the moment. I'll save him for a little bit later. Gabe Vincent. Yes, easy drop. Kyle Lowry is back. You do not need to hold on to Gabe Vincent. PJ Washington Jr., now, he's a name where you go, well, why is he being dropped in so many leagues? It's because he's not that good. Like, he had that big game against Boston a couple of times, a couple of games ago, but now he just sort of hovers in this 19 to 23 minute a night role, and he's totally adequate at the back end of a 12-team league, and he's totally fine if he's on the waiver wire. And that's the sort of player you should be moving on from to stash a Shengun, to stash a Hayes, to, to add a Reggie Bullock, to, to try something else. Washington's not going anywhere. His numbers aren't going up. They're not going down. They're just there. And if you miss out and someone grabs him, oh, well, who cares? That guy will get pissed off and drop him in a week's time anyway. Terrence Mann. Yeah, I'll see you later, mate. He'd been droppable for months, and I've been saying that for months, but people are finally catching on. And with Norman Powell there, now there is no way that Terrence Mann, I don't think, is going to be able to be a 12-team league player. Nicky Claxton, the hammy, he just keeps pinging it. I don't think the ups... Look, he had that huge game two, three games ago. He had like five blocks and 28 and 11 or whatever. There we go. But there's just too many bad games mixed in there. And I don't, he's not even a top 200 player this year. Yes, Aldridge is out. But now he's pinged his hammy again. He pinged his hammy a, a couple of weeks ago. And he had that illness that cost him a month. Like, he just can't stay on the court. The production's not consistent enough. I don't think there's any point in holding on to Claxton in most formats. Trimra Kiki has been dropped in a lot of spots. And fair enough. The minutes always put a cap on what he does, like 23, 24. His value where he was top 70 for that little bit of time was based on extraordinarily high steals and blocks, which in those low minutes felt impossible to continue. And guess what? They didn't continue. He's not a good offensive player. He can pass at times, sometimes he can hit threes. He's fine as a streamer, but he's very far from a must-roster player. Kobe White, again, if he's on a 12-team roster, I'm not going to snigger. I'm not going to look at that and go, hey, what are you doing? You're shocking. 
I'm going to look at it and go, eh, whatever, man. Like, drop him in and stash a bloke in that spot. He's fine. If he's on your roster, even if there's no one, if there's no stashable guy there, hold and see what happens at the deadline so you can then use his spot to get someone else. But I don't think he's going to be a consistently 12-team league player. Andre Drummond, you know my thoughts on this. Stop it. What are you doing? Stop holding him, please. Amir Coffey, much like Terrence Mann, I just don't see it now. Norman Powers, Coffey's been a great story. And you might be loath to drop him. And maybe you want to wait. And you probably do want to wait. But when that when trades go down, he is eminently droppable. He'll be the guy that I go, see you later. Let's add the next guy in. And Jalen Green. Yeah, look, it might happen at some point. But what are, we, what are we waiting for here? He's been bad from a fantasy perspective and a real-life perspective, honestly, most of the season. Actually, all of the season. A couple of good games sprinkled in. He's showing some slight improvements. But it's not consistent enough for me to look at him and go, yeah, yeah, yeah I must hold Jalen Green. I don't think that's true. Let's look at some must roster players. These are guys who are available in at least 50% of leagues in some in some spots. And I just got to throw the names out just so you know that if they're on your wire, please do something about it. Herb Jones. Now, Herb Jones is like 20% on ESPN. He's only got 55% on Yahoo. Should be 100. Herb Jones. Kevin Love. Not sure what you're waiting for. Josh the Hitman Hart. Yeah, the knee injury is a little bit of a worry, and I do worry a little bit about him long-term, but I think he should be on a roster. Jared Vanderbiltbar. You can throw Patrick Beverly in there as well, but his numbers have improved at least uh, recently. Yeah, so he's rostered in more spots. And Lou Dort. I know he missed last game with a face, his face issue, but he's got to be on a roster. So throw all those guys into the mix of players that just have to be on a roster somewhere. Super Bowl's coming up, guys. Better line has you covered. With more props, more odds, more lines than ever before. As we head towards the big game, betonline.net remains the best the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates on current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new, amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is where the game starts. Look at some upside grabs. Again, we did a whole but two shows on it last week about trade deadline stashes and potential moves. So you, know, you push all this in through with that. But Josh Christopher, I really like. If Eric Gordon's gone, I think there is a 27-minute-a-night role here for him. Yeah, I think they should prioritize him over Gary Bird. And you know, as Gordon moves on, let's see what they do. The other guy to watch in Houston, who I've heard a few, few Rockets guys say this multiple times, is Dacian Nix. I reckon he's killing it. And a lot of people said he is the point guard of the future there, which for a Rocket fan to say that ahead of Kevin Porter, I'm not even Rocket fans, people who cover the Rockets, was wild for me to read. Dacian Nix is not going to have that impact this season, but if you're looking deeper leagues, they are really high on what he's doing. Just watch that. Trey Murphy. Again, this depends on what the Pelicans do. Do they move out of Temple? Josh Hart? Do they not bring other, other guys back? He's starting to play a little bit more now, Trey. This is one where I could see mid-March, Trey Murphy starts playing 27 a night, averaging 14 points with three threes, a steal, and a block, and being useful. But it's just a name to watch, really. Now, I said I was going to talk later about Damian Jones, and here we are. It is later. I don't know what the hell's going on in Sacramento. Last game wasn't good for Jones. That's why he was dropped. But prior to that, he'd been out playing Rashawn Holmes. Does Rashawn Holmes get moved? And if so, do they not bring back another center? And they just say, we're starting Damian Jones the rest of the season. That is not an outrageous scenario. That's not a scenario I go, well, Josh, you're waiting for a million things to happen and that is a pipe dream to happen, right? I don't think it's crazy to think that Holmes gets traded and a center doesn't come back. And they just say, cool, we're just going to see what Jones is. That's not an outrageous scenario. He's not the highest priority stash by any means. 
And he wouldn't be someone I'd be going out and grabbing, but I'd be, I'd be watching it. And as soon, if Holmes is dealt, then Jones is added straight away. He's not a good player, but he can be high field goal percentage, high rebounds, good scoring with some blocks. And that's really valuable. You see it with Rob Williams. Not saying he's Rob Williams. He's not Rob Williams. But he can be Rob Williams light if he gets those minutes. And if they open up, just watch it. Davion Mitchell should be rostered anyway at the moment because of De'Aaron Fox's ankle soreness. I don't know whether Fox is getting traded, but something needs to happen in, San in Sacramento. Does Fox's ankle continue to be sore all season? I don't know. With Terrence Davis done for the year, there's extra minutes already available for Mitchell. Even Bud Heald might be on the move. Who knows? But he's worth having for now. And then Cam Thomas is another just name to watch. Steve Nash came out today and said, no, we're not trading James Harden. Cool. I'll check back in on Thursday. I actually, for the record, don't think they're trading James Harden, but we'll see what happens. But with Kyrie's availability being sporadic, with Harden's hamstring flaring up again, with trades maybe happening, Cam Thomas is a bloke that they can get to to score. And if there's no Harden and there's no Kyrie, he's going to play 30 and he might average 20. And there will be games coming up where there is no KD, there is no Kyrie, and there is no Harden. Those games will come up really soon. And you need to be watching Cam Thomas in those situations. Let's talk about some other names before we go. Dwayne Washington Jr. Controversial. I think... Oh, how do I phrase this? I think if... I think... Oh, Jesus, I don't know how to do it. You know what I'm going to say. I think he's better than Chris Duarte. And that's just... That's not a completely accurate statement. I think that there is a chance that if they played equal minutes this season, he would be a better fantasy option than Duarte. Duarte has had... I saw someone today commenting on Chris Duarte somewhere. I don't remember what it was or what it was about. No, I do know what it was about. It was about Duarte. The guy, yeah, all he needs, man. Brogdon gets shut down. They just, he just needs the minutes to be really good. He is playing 29 minutes a night. Brogdon is not playing and Duarte is doing nothing. So the opportunity has been there for him literally all season. And he has done nothing with it. He's been adequate at best. So it's not about this hope for this young guy, not young, for this guy to come in and go, well, well wait, wait till Brogdon's gone. Wait till Brogdon's shut down. Or wait till he gets the minutes. He's playing 30 a night, mate. And Brogdon's not there and he's doing jack shit. Washington, on the other hand, if they say, all right, we're going to start you, mate. Like, we're going to see what's happening here. You play 30 a night. All right, his upside's almost higher than Duarte for this season for fantasy. Yeah, long term, I still think Duarte is the better prospect. You think he's also four years older? Actually, I don't know. How old is uh, Big Dueno? That's a good question. Before I start spouting off inaccuracies, I know that they're both rookies and I know that Duarte is old, but how old is Dwayne? But anyway, I, I do think that Dwayne is an interesting name just to keep an eye on. He's playing well. He's taken the role away from Kiefer Sykes. There is something there. He's not, he's not even 22 yet. So he's like three years younger than Duarte. Interesting. Darius Baisley. I'm not going to say he's a must-roster player he's not. But with Robinson Earl out, with Gildas Alexander out, with Wiggins out, he's getting a lot of minutes. He's blocking a lot of shots. He's getting rebounds. You could do significantly worse than adding Baisley. I think Dan Gafford's a huge stash. And you're going to look at this and go, well, he's in COVID protocols now, Josh. Why would I? Well, that's even better for you because you can stash him and slot him into your IR now. That's even better. You don't have to take zeros on the bench. You can actually put him in the IR wait for the trade deadline and see what happens. Has Tom Bryant been impressing you as the starting center? If he has, I'm not sure what you're watching. Gafford is their best center by a mile, in my opinion. And my opinion doesn't mean anything, but that's what my opinion is. And I do think they're going to trade someone. 
Whether that's Bryant or Harrell or both, I don't know. But Gafford's a great stash, and you've got the ability to put him on injured reserve. Trey Lyles is another name to just watch. If Jeremy Grant goes, I don't know what they're doing with Kelly Linick. Lyles is playing much better after being the worst rotation player in the NBA for the first two and a half months. He's playing at a better level. Just a name to watch. And with that goes Isaiah Stewart, who, weirdly, with more players coming back, is playing more minutes. I think he's looking as like a 12-team league option. Could he be a very, very, very poor, very poor man, destitute, homeless, one-tooth level man, Jakob Pertl? Maybe. Maybe. He's not a bad guy to consider. And then lastly, Justice Winslow. The problem I have with Winslow is anytime he's been forced to play as a wing, he's been shithouse. And the opening in Portland is at, at the wing. But so much can change there. Nance might get traded, stay hurt. Nurkic might get dealt. Zeller's already out. Who know, who's their backup point guard at the moment if Simons is gone? Like Dennis Smith? Like there is a chance here for, for Winslow to play 25, 26 minutes and actually be a top 120 guy. Not the worst, not the worst guy to keep an eye on. He steals and blocks with assists. It's all going to depend on role for him. If he's forced to be a spot-up shooter who doesn't touch the ball much, then it's rough. But if he gets in a spot where he can handle it or he can play at center and rack up some defensive stats, then things look a little bit better. That was a very long waiver wire show, but thank you for staying to the end. And if you did, give yourself a treat. You deserve it. If you are here, follow the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. But if you're on YouTube, what are you doing? Thumb it up. Ring the bell. Leave a comment. Guys, we're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.